Hi, this is Jackie from the Educating All Learners Alliance, and today we're speaking to Ed Dieterle for five minutes with. With almost 30 years of experience in education as a high school teacher, university instructor, social science researcher, program officer, and executive, Ed specializes in providing comprehensive research and management consulting services to organizations and universities in the field of AI and education. He is passionate about revolutionizing the way education utilizes AI and related educational technologies to meet the needs of students, educators, and administrators today and in the future. Joining us today is Ed Dieterle. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ed. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit about the work that you are currently doing in the field of education research? Yes, I'd be happy to. Well, you know, as a former high school teacher in Prince George's County, Maryland, I saw firsthand how educational technologies and the internet in the late 90s and the early 2000s could transform learning and teaching. Now, I'm fascinated by how AI is shaping education, especially the ethical implications. My, my journey into AI began as a doctoral student studying with Chris Deedy at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Chris and his team and I built a virtual world where students investigated real-world issues collaboratively using scientific method and also simulated scientific instruments. Using AI methods to analyze their real and virtual world actions opened my eyes to deeper questions, not just on how people learn, but also exactly what that data can be used to understand and, and also to think about, well, who is in the room that's building those algorithms or those models and, and how they're interpreted by researchers, policymakers, teachers, who controls them and what happens to them as they're released into the world. After a graduation, Jackie, my interest led me to SRI International, where I was part of an international team of researchers that used AI understand the characteristics of people in the real world, such as age, gender, and first language, based on their behaviors in commercial video games. So we wouldn't necessarily see players, but we would see their log files or the digital trails that are automatically generated by computers when people use digital devices. For me, this was an experience that really highlighted the need for heterogeneous teams with diverse disciplinary training and also different lived experiences to mitigate algorithmic bias and uphold validity. After SRI, I was at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and, and I supported you know truly brilliant researchers such as Ryan Baker, Shawnee Daly, Jody Clark-Madura, Val Shute, Roy P., and, and really many others who were, you know, with funding, allowed to really push on the boundaries of AI-based methodologies and AI-enhanced tools for learning and teaching further solidifying my belief that we need broader research design and policy and, and also practice conversations about ethics in AI and education. And then like to round out the, this part of the story, in the late 2010s, two friends, Alan Mandanak and Edith Gummer, invited me to write about AI, education, and ethics. And at the time I thought, wow, this sounds really exciting. I, I know a little bit about these topics, but I haven't really had a chance to pull all of those ideas together. And, and I knew it was time to share my experiences and those from the research and development community through scholarship presentations and consultations. Uh, since that first book chapter, I've had the honor and the privilege to work, think, and write with folks like Chris Deedy, Michael Walker, Beth Holland, and countless others on AI and education. 
That is really exciting, Ed. And, you know, in the late 2010s is really, I mean, AI is just kind of starting to build up. And right now it's very prominent in education right now, especially with things like ChatGPT coming out and, you know, teachers using that in their classrooms today. And I think it's really important work that you're doing, working on policy and ethics, especially. Mm -hmm. So um, I applaud you for that. And going off of that, I'm wondering what is the biggest issue that you're finding in education and AI through your policy work and research? Well, thanks, Jackie. I think that that's such an important question. You know, having been a classroom teacher and a researcher and a funder and executive, all these different positions around the same kind of table of the educational ecosystem, uh, I've really observed that often when we talk about AI and education, we zoom in on a specific problem or idea, whether policy or technical, but that's like dissecting a flower without seeing the garden it grows in. And I think the bigger issue is a need for holistic thinking and doing. You know, really asking and answering questions like, who's building these models, these algorithms, these AIs? Do they truly reflect the diversity of our classrooms and our communities? Are we equipping educators to understand and use AI effectively without blindly trusting its outputs? You know, imagine an educator, you know, just inundated with data. I I don't think it's that hard to imagine, (laughs) but, you know, it's almost like an x-ray technician bombarded with scans. Without training and support, it's hard to know what to do with all of that information. Similarly, educators, really everyone in the educational community, they need guidance to harness the power of AI to do good more than to do harm. And, and at the same time, we in the education community can't fall asleep at the wheel. We can't just accept AI's decisions without questioning what they're presenting to us. Everyone in education must retain agency by maintaining a healthy skepticism and really questioning the assumptions and outputs to ensure fair and equitable experiences and outcomes for all learners. I agree with that completely. And as a former special education teacher, being in a classroom and definitely feeling a little bit bombarded by, you know, everything at our fingertips, I totally agree that, you know, digging deeper, being a little bit skeptical, and also getting the right training to be able to harness these tools and use them in a way that's going to be beneficial for the students, beneficial for the teachers. I think that that's critical, not just, you know, taking it and going in blindly. I think that that's a very good point that you make. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about a success story that you've had in this work that you've been doing for the last few years? Sure. I I really appreciate that question. Our research really shows how seemingly small biases, well, they can snowball over time. I mean, these different choices and behaviors, they accrue, and they can create cycles of advantage for some and disadvantage for others. And this can impact everything from access to resources to educational opportunities and ultimately really affect life outcomes like quality of health, quality of job, quality of relationships quality of experience as a citizen in a democracy. But the good news is that it's 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 not a one-way street. By increasing human responsibility and control over these systems, we can break these cycles and create virtuous cycles with AI tools empowering educators, students, and administrators to personalize learning, promote inclusivity, and, and really bridge any kind of equity gap that could come about through forces that students and teachers 
not necessarily responsible or uh, dictated by. It's about putting people back at the center of AI, using it to amplify our strengths and capabilities, not diminishing or replacing them. That's the future I'm working towards. And I'm so excited to work with Ella and others to really take that vision and make it a reality. That's awesome. And is there any sort of, I know you had also previously mentioned, you know, training in AI. Is there any specific sort of toolkit or, you know, something that administrators can show their teachers to say, you know, these are some preliminary steps that we can take? Yeah, Jackie, that's such a great question. I think what I'd like to do is, is to really kind of point people to my website or really to invite them to connect with me on LinkedIn and and to find time to have a virtual coffee and talk shop. You know, it's it's such a rich and deep and interesting question. Agreed. And Ed, I really appreciate you bringing up your website and also allowing folks the opportunity to, you know, take some of your time and, and chat with you a bit about this. So how can folks stay involved or informed about the work that you're doing and kind of pick your brain a little bit? What are the best uh, places for folks to get in touch with you? Yeah, Jackie, I would say the absolute best place to get in touch with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm an avid LinkedIn poster. I try and post a few times a day about things that I'm reading that are related to education, AI, education technologies, and other education-related issues. And if folks are interested in continuing the conversation, I would welcome the opportunity to connect over Zoom. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ed. I really appreciate you taking time to speak with me about this today. Well, thank you for having me. That's it for us today. Thank you to Ed. And to learn more, check out Ed's website at sites.google.com slash view slash Edward Dieterly. I'll also have this in the show notes. I'm Jackie from ELA, and this was 5 Minutes with Ed Dieterly.